Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Welcome back, and thanks for joining in. Today's podcast is about friendship. When you are done here today, I will be asking you to take with you three unique words that come together to build great friendships. To the extent that you have all three of these qualities growing in your life, you will enjoy improved connections to everyone that you know. Whatever your friendship needs, these qualities, the character of friendship will help. Maybe you're someone who just doesn't have that many friends. You wonder, why can't I make a connection with someone at work? Why do I feel so distanced from people in the church where I worship or maybe even in your own home? These three things will help. Maybe you're someone who has some friendships, ones you've had for a really long time, and you can't even remember what made them work, but you've had difficulties expanding that into new relationships, and you're ready to grow closer with other people, maybe new people that you meet along the way, maybe you've joined a new church, whatever it might be, the same three qualities are here for you. And I think for me, most importantly, is the usage of these elements to improve cracked or broken friendships. I think you know what I'm talking about there. Maybe it is your marriage or your relationship with your kids or your parents or someone you've known for a long time, and it used to be an encouraging, uplifting connection, and lately it just hasn't been any of those things. You don't have to give up. You can rebuild. And again, it all comes together in this perfect trifecta of three character traits, and we will be exploring them today. Before we do so, I want to tell you where this originated for me, at least some of the concepts behind it. I'm reading a book right now by Timothy Keller called The Meaning of Marriage. It is excellent. If you are someone planning to get married in the future, or currently in a marriage, whether a good one or not so good, the principles in that book are fantastic. I highly recommend. Although I should say at this point, today's episode is not about marriage specifically. And you might notice that I don't usually specify relationships in these episodes. It's not like this episode is for married people and next week it will be for single or divorced people. That's not the way this works. Instead, and this is what Timothy Keller does, he lays out these three qualities that are underneath and lifting up every good marriage. And it turns out, and I think you will be able to attest to this as well, that these things just so happen to be useful 
in every interpersonal relationship. And to the extent that you work on even one of them, even one, you will begin to see immediate results. Now, one more thing to talk about before I lay out the words for you. Timothy Keller, in this particular chapter right in the middle of the book, called The Character of Friendship, he takes us back to Genesis chapter 1. Now, if I told you that a marriage book was taking you back to Genesis chapter 1, you probably would be able to guess why we were headed there. We're going to talk about Adam and Eve and the two becoming one flesh. But Timothy Keller did not talk about that, at least not at the beginning. Instead, he wanted to talk about the nature of God. In all eternity, there is one Godhead, but we learn in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image, we begin to learn that there are three persons who exist together in unity in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. I want you to begin visualizing something. It won't be complicated today. Just three circles written out on a sheet of paper, one at the top, one at the bottom left, one at the bottom right, and lines drawn to create a simple triangle. In this case, the word Father would be written in the top, on the bottom left, Son, and bottom right, Spirit. They are the Trinity. They are unique in personality, but one in purpose and one in power. I want you to begin to see that God has never been alone. There has been a friendship a connection, relationships ongoing in heaven even before the angels were created. God was never alone. There was the Father and the Son and the Spirit designated as us in that text. I would argue very clearly that all three character qualifications I'll be expressing to you momentarily existed in heaven from eternity and have kept Father, Son, and Spirit together. Now, what's interesting in Genesis 1 and 2 is that God makes one man in his image, like him, carrying characteristics like God, and puts him on earth all by himself. Now, sure, he was surrounded by nature and animals, but not one other personality that carried the quality of the Godhead, a living soul with a consciousness and morality. And so that's why it says it's not good for man to be alone, and he gives him a woman, and they begin a family. And from there, there are friendships, relationships, and connectivity for the rest of human existence, even up until today. Keller argues, and I agree with him, that the concept of connectivity and friendship, reliability and sharing, and dependency on others for support has existed before man was even made, it was the answer to man's loneliness in the very beginning, and it is a benefit to you as well. I know there are some people who say, I don't need any friends, I'm a loner, I'm an introvert, but listen carefully. God made you like Him. You will be better when you are supported. You will be better when you can confide and trust in someone else when you become part of an us, like the let us phrases in Hebrews, representing the relationship among fellow Christians, you will be stronger. 
And I'm convinced that everyone desires true friends. Okay, so how does that work? Three words, and here is the first one. One of the most fundamental qualities for any connection between two people is commonality. Let me explain. When I say commonality, I mean common passions, common interests, shared desire and involvement. It is very difficult for a friendship to begin when two people share nothing in common, when they do not care about the same things. I mean, you can have an acquaintance like that, but you cannot really have a friendship. On the other hand, when there is some shared passion, not necessarily for one another like in a romantic relationship, but both of you see in one another the same love for something else, a friendship is born almost immediately. I mean, last week, I'm in East Tennessee with my family. We're at Dollywood, and there's a guy with an Astro shirt on. And there you go, fast friends. I could sit down and have a conversation with that guy all day. I'm interested in knowing all kinds of things about that guy just because we both care about the same baseball team. And starting from that point, a lot of wonderful things can be built. I'll tell you another quick story. A couple of years ago during the midterm elections, I went to vote and I saw a BMW 5 Series sitting out in the parking lot. I have always loved BMWs, always wanted one. And this guy walks out just as I'm walking in and I pause and turn around and say, man, I love your car. And he says, thanks. And I said, I've always wanted one of those. And he said, hey, come take a look at it. So we introduced ourselves to one another, and we talked about the car, and it turns out he's a member of the church in a town not too far from here. We started a friendship. He and his wife have been to our church about three times now, and earlier this year, when I finally had the opportunity to purchase a certified pre-owned 2016 X1, I texted him at the dealership, and he called me right away. We're friends now. We've talked about a whole lot of different things, he and I, but it started with commonality, common passion, shared interest. Now then, how can that help you find friends or repair broken friendships? Well, it's actually pretty simple. Recognize people around you who like the same things that you like, who share the same passions and interests and converse about that. Those conversations are super easy. This is what makes church great. It ought to be that we all love Jesus. We're not tied together by some thread like the Astros or a car. We're tied together by an unbreakable cord of the blood and rule of Jesus. We ought to be able to have easy, great conversations, at least when people are at church who really do care about Christ. So don't make new friendships hard. You're not going to be able to be close with everyone. Find people with which you share a common bond and build from there. And let me just say this. This is a great way to repair a damaged relationship, friendship, or marriage. I did an episode last year called Zipping the Jacket. It was early last year. When you have someone in front of you with whom you have vast disagreements, back up far enough till you get back to things that you both share in common. Find things you both agree with. In the marriage, maybe it's we love God, 
or we love our kids, or we want to build a better future. Get back to things where you can both look at each other and say, you know what, we're both passionate about the exact same thing. Get back to commonality and then begin to zip the jacket together from there. If all we are discussing are our differences, how in the world is a friendship supposed to grow? I have great differences with friends of mine, but we celebrate what we have in common and then occasionally we work on some of the other things. Employ that strategy in your marriage. Okay, so here's the second thing. Number one, commonality. Number two, consistency. I cannot emphasize this enough. Have you ever had someone in your life where sometimes when you saw them, they were great, and other times they didn't want to have anything to do with you? Sometimes they had a good attitude and engaged in common conversation, and sometimes you could tell they want to do anything else in the world but have a conversation with you. It's really tough to build a friendship with someone when I don't know who I'm going to be standing next to from one week to another. I could tell you stories about people I've known in the past, even in the church, where I would go to one guy's house and he acted like he was going to beat me up if I didn't leave. I had no idea what had happened. He didn't explain it to me. It just turns out that it just all depended on what day of the week you caught that guy and what had happened at work and whatever else was going on in his life. It was super hard to have a true constructive friendship with someone who is so wildly unpredictable. So if you want to begin a new friendship, Be consistent. The first time you meet them and engage in commonality, show them a demeanor that is genuine, that is considerate and kind, and ask them questions. And then every time you see them, be that you. Don't be the you who had a rough day at work and now you're kind of a jerk. There can't be a friendship when there's inconsistency. Now, I know that everyone has a bad day every once in a while, but just remember that that's not your friend's fault. Or more specifically and I guess I am turning this into a bit of a marriage episode, it's not your spouse's fault or your parents or your children. There are so many families where when one member walks through the door, they don't know who they're going to get. It just depends on what happened at work or maybe how they valued themselves that day. If you are interested in building stronger friendships, be consistent with that person. They need to know that when you walk away, if they don't see you for another day or week or month or year, the care that you have for one another has been preserved and you will be someone they can count on to be, well, who you are and who they value you to be. So the second thing is simple. Present yourself kind to the people you want to be close to, even if life circumstances have pushed you to be otherwise. Because the third word really ties all this together. Imagine you are in a friendship where you always talk about the things you have in common and you build on that and you share passions and you're consistent with one another and you can count on each other. And then on top of that, you build transparency or candor. I know that all three words should start with C. It's just in the preacher code. You have commonality consistency, and then transparency. But remember that triangle we talked about earlier with the three circles? You have an F for father and two S's for son and spirit. So maybe we're following that model. Now I want you to see this triangle. And at the top, you have commonality. At the bottom left, you have consistency. And at the bottom right, you have 
transparency, or if you're looking for a C word, candor. Great friendships involve trust. There's a point to which we feel like we can be honest with the other person. That's what transparency means, or candor. If I have a strong opinion about something that I would be afraid to share with someone else, I am not afraid to share that with you. You've proven to have the same value system as me. You've proven to be a pretty consistent personality every time we've interacted. So all of a sudden, I begin to trust that I can go ahead and share things with you that I would only share with true friends. New friendships can advance very quickly into a place where we feel like we can share how we really feel. It starts slowly with small revelations about yourself. You're weighing their answers. You're seeing if their kindness continues, even though you kind of stepped over a line there and revealed too much. And as that goes well, a great friendship is built. This is a beautiful thing that happens in the church between true Christians who genuinely value the grace of God and the mercy of God and the understanding nature of God is the super commonality between us. And we consistently thrive on that. And so we can be very honest with one another. In relationships that are cracked or broken, I guarantee you something has happened to the trust. I'm not sure why, but something has happened to the trust and there is no longer transparency. Now it's kind of opaque or foggy or maybe just walled up completely. If you want to rebuild a relationship, like maybe a marriage, at some point as you are building on the first two things we talked about, you need to begin to reveal some things honestly about yourself, to confess some things that you want to change, to share some things that tell that person something about you that very few other people know, and to push that even further, like level 10 friendship, is when you can even share critique of the other person and they will receive it well. And you can be corrected by the other person and accept it as love. That's what happens in great transparency. I can see into your heart and life and you can see into mine. And so we are willing to confess our sins to one another and reach out and try to lift up a brother who has fallen and it is received in thankfulness. And to the extent that we build that sense of candor and appreciate it, we can build friendships that will last a lifetime. Listen, the Godhead in the beginning shared three things. They had a common value system. They were consistently in support of one another, and they expressed the heart one to the other without any fear. Adam was to find that in Eve, and Eve and Adam and you in great friendships in your life. But those great relationships don't always come free or easy. They are the product, the reward of having employed with diligence the three-part character of friendship. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.